the people. Back at it again with another edition of the Set Apart Podcast with Didi. What is up? We are here. We are pumped. I don't know about you, Didi, but I got a lot of excitement today. I see. Um, this is a good one. I'm pumped up right now. I just came from the gym. I am motivated. I am blessed and highly favored. Um, sometimes I find myself, and this is definitely a side note, I find myself just driving in the car. And I'm like, thank you, God. I didn't need to have a life where I could either have a vehicle, period, go from A to B, um, wake up and be good, be Gucci, um, be um, like literally blessed and highly favored. So many, so many blessings. What is one thing? And this is not even this is not a seg. This is not a segment, guys. This is not even a topic. I'm just gonna say this right now. We're gonna give yeah, some just praise talk. Right We're gonna give some praise right now. What is something that you today can say, God? This is in my life. Thank you, God. What is a blessing today? That I didn't fall apart. Mm. If I if I could take a um like a if I had a scoreboard on the wall and all the times I should have lost, but I didn't. Mm. It would be more time, it would be more points on the side of I should have lost. Yeah. And less on the side I didn't. But but the time is still ticking. So I didn't. So I haven't mm. lost. So the game is not over. Life is not over. So I'm I'm just thankful that I'm that I'm still here. That I didn't Amen. quit when I wanted to. When I kind of maybe had a right to, but Amen. there was people praying for me when I didn't feel like praying for myself and pouring into me. So I'm grateful that I'm still here. That I could think straight. That I'm healthy, and that I still want more out of life. So I'm just right. thankful in general. Right. That's good. You need people praying for you. Yeah. You need people praying with you. Um, you need to be praying for people. All three yep. levels. All three levels. So I don't know. I'm pumped. I feel blessed and highly favored. So if you are watching right now, this wasn't even planned. I want you to just rejoice at the things that God has given, the places where he has taken you, even if it is not um, the place where you want to be. There is a there is an element to life where you're delighting in the season that you are in opposed to being um, having a nasty attitude or being dissatisfied because you're not where you want to be. Thank you, God, right now for yeah. having us in the season where you have us um, with all of its amazing joys, with all of its challenges. Thank yeah. you, God. We are where we are. Um, that's amazing. But this is a set apart podcast yeah. where we can have little segues like that. And it's Gucci. We gonna, we gonna talk and we gonna do life. Um, my question right now, we're gonna put this in the comments. I'm, we're gonna put this in the comments. Name something that you're thankful for. Okay. That's one. And then the second question is identify a person in your mind. You ain't got to write these names in the comments, but identify a person in your mind. Have you ever had somebody or asked somebody to be praying for you? Do you have people in your life that you're praying with? And then do you have people in your life that you take out the time of your day to pray for? Identify those people. I, I got to do those. I got to do that today. That that has to happen for me today. Because um, prayer is it's, it's something that I went into 2023 saying that I want to be a prayer warrior. I want to be a better prayer warrior. Mm -hmm. um, because 
I firmly believe um, I'm no cap. That's a guy. That's the saying. I got to put some slang in there. Um, no cap. But the things that I am most desperate about, the things that are at the forefront of my mind, the things that are of the utmost urgency will find its way into my prayer life like nothing else before. Mm -hmm. Oh, you can't make rent. Oh, Lord, I pray that I make the rent. Oh, something's going on really bad. Oh, Lord, I pray this, 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 this. And so I found out that in my life, and I'm speaking for me, I'm not speaking for everybody, but somebody can probably res resonate with this, um, that if it is important to me, it needs to be a part of my prayer life. It doesn't matter if it's a um, sense of urgency. It doesn't always have to be a dire thing. If if people are important to me, I need to be praying for my people. Yeah. If situations are important to me, I need to be praying for my situation, praying for situations. And, and so I just need to put it in my prayer life. That's my challenge. What's one challenge, Didi, that you want to challenge yourself in for this 2023? Yeah, I got so many challenges, so many things. <laughs> I just want to, to be honest, um, I want to mind the business God gave me. And what I mean by that mm -hmm. is taking care of and being a good steward over what he gave me. And I'm not just talking about stuff, but that includes stuff, things, materials, things, things it includes my body, it includes my mind. It includes my relationships. It includes um, my finances mm -hmm. um, and my time. So yeah. I want to mind my business. I don't want to get caught up in things that are, um, that may be good, but don't are not my calling. Okay. So they good. may be beneficial, but I wasn't called to save the world. That's not my business. I'm called to take care of what I've been given. And if that's people, if that's relationships, if that's tasks, then I want to do that. And I don't want to do that well and not be stretching myself thin in areas that I wasn't instructed by God to be involved with. And just that's pray good. for those people over there and know that he's been God before I got here. So I don't have to have my hand in everything. That's good. Uh, there's one thing that you said that makes me think of something that I've been trying to work. Another thing I've been trying to work on in the sense of I believe that we can misuse good things. Now, uh, I want all the listeners, the viewers, um, whatever way you're consuming this, I want you to hear this. You can misuse a good thing. Um, so, for example, let's say uh, we just got out. We talked about dating. Let's say you have a let's say you're in a good relationship. Mm -hmm. You can mess that up. <laughs> great, mm -hmm. great. Just because that, just because you in a good relationship doesn't mean it doesn't take work to keep it um, a, as good as it's going. Um, it takes intention. It takes uh, establishing cultures, boundaries, all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, and so let's say God gives you an amazing house. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You can mess that up. You can misuse it. You could take it for granted. You could do things in it and maybe not upkeep it the way that you should do. Um, you can mess up a good things. And also things can be birthed. The, the, the cousin to that idea thought process. Things can be birthed with good intentions. You can do something with great intentions, the greatest intentions. But unless you, just like I said, put the care and love and like be mindful of how that's going, um, it can turn into a bad thing. It can turn into a bad thing. Um, and so let's not let's do a big a good thing. And that's what you said that made me remind, remind me of that is being a good steward. Mm -hmm. um, that is what we call being a good steward of things. When the Bible talks about being a good steward, a lot of time people talk about, oh, it could mean finances. 
Yes, it does. Oh, it could mean your possessions. Yes, it does. Oh, could it mean relationships? Yes, it does. Could it mean like you know what I mean? Like, like, like it's yeah. not one situation, it's not one thing. It's being a good steward of the things that God, I firmly believe everything that I have from the clothes on my back to the roof that I'm under um, mm-hmm. is a blessing from God. And so how am I being a good steward with what God has blessed me to have? Any thoughts on that, Didi? Yeah, I think the problem, the reason why we have a lot of confusion is because we say words that we don't know what they mean. Mm. And um, take context out of it and just look at the word for what it is. Stewardship is simply just management, good management. Ooh, nice. So if you, that's why it's not about money. It's just about, mm. are you a good manager? And then, because the Bible also says, if you're faithful over a few things, he'll make you rule over many. So a lot of times mm-hmm. when we talk, go back to prayer, prayer is not asking for things. Prayer is not making requests. That's just right. one small piece of it. Prayer is literally just communicating with God and it's not one way. Right. So if he's giving you, if he's instructing you to do something, if you put it on your heart to do something or be somewhere or feel something or think this way or change your thought process about that or correct you or rebuke you, all of those things can happen in prayer. But if he's giving you something to be a manager over, why are, and we're not, it's kind of uh, disrespectful to ask for a bigger and better because mm. we haven't managed what he already gave us. The so, money. yeah, if you want to take it practical at your job, how are you going to ask for a promotion if you lay every day? Mm-hmm. Or get an attitude when someone else is promoted mm. because your responsibility was to manage what you were given. If you were hired mm. to do a job, if you're not doing that well, it's really weird to be like, God, I want bigger and better. I'm ready to get off this job or I want a new car, but you don't even wash the car you have. Mm. You don't even take it to get oil changes. You don't even, you let people leave a French fries in there, Cheetos all up on the roof and all kind of crazy stuff. But you asking God, I'm believing for a new car. You can believe all you want, yeah. <laughs> but God ain't going to go against what he already said. Right. Be faithful over what you have. And you right. have the time. You ain't even got to ask for more. It's just going to come. It said right. he will make you rule over many, not you have to ask me to be rule over many. Right. So That's stewardship good. is literally just good management. That's good. And being a good steward over the things that God has blessed us with. I can't I can't I can't reiterate that enough. How, um, like you said, people just don't know what it means to be. a mm-hmm. good student. So for the viewer that is listening, uh, whether you are listening all the time, um, or we kind of, we kind of got at this point in time, we kind of got some episodes under our belt. And so I kind of, uh, am in an atmosphere is something that my church believes in is something that I believe in and celebrating the wins. Um, so I want to celebrate the fact that we have come this far. Um, <laughs> Didi can only tell you <laughs> how far we have come at this point. Like, I think the audience could tell us too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of how far we have come at this point. And so, um, that leads to a better relationship um, I mean, with each other as mm-hmm. co-host of this, but also a better relationship with the viewer. And so my challenge for the viewers is how are you being a good steward of what God is giving you? Um, are you are you married with kids? Because are you being a good steward of your marriage? Are you being a good steward of your motherhood, fatherhood? Are you being a good steward with the relationships and the support system that surrounds that? Are you being a good steward with steward with everything uh, possession wise, finances wise? Um, I know a lot of times that often culture fights back against my good stewardship in my heart. 
My good stewardship of finances. Why? Because being a good steward of my finances very often doesn't look like balling out of control. Mm-hmm. Like, like, so, so, um, so much so. And Didi, offline, we had a conversation like this. Um, I come from a mindset of you're frugal. You don't buy much because you don't know when that thing is coming again. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where um, I'm at the point now. Um, I mean, this is not a boastful thing, but it's a it's a realistic thing where God has been providing for me for consistently for a while. Um, but my mindset still says. Be frugal because you don't know when the next time that is coming. And so because of that, I have a different um, kind of a, a hesitancy towards finances. Yeah. And I have to keep asking myself, what does it look like to be a good steward of my finances? Does that mean I only have to pay for the things that I need to pay for? I can't do anything, you know, crazy or outrageous with my finances. And to me, crazy outrageous mean different than what other people think crazy outrageous. Like yeah. people thinking like, oh, I bought another car when I already got a car. No, I ain't even talking about that. I'm talking about for the last two Fridays, I ate at the Cheesecake Factory. And you know that <laughs> bill, you know that bill run up. Like, so the second Friday, I'm like, man, is this being a good steward of my finances? I know it's just one dish or something like this. I know it's $30. It won't break me. But I'm hesitant to do anything. And you gave me some wisdom on that. So on that mindset, kind of elaborate <laughs> on that mindset. No, first, first you say, what wisdom did I already give you? What wisdom? It's, it's, you said the problem is my mindset. <laughs> like, yeah. There you go. <laughs> You said the problem is How, when mind. when the last time you've been broke. Let's just talk facts. Let's take God out of it for a second. Let's just look at the, the bullet points, the facts. What was the last time you was like, man, I really want to go to cheesecake, but I can't. But I can't. It's been years. Okay. Okay. Years. When the last time the Hebrews been locked up under Pharaoh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. So if they still scared Pharaoh still coming, something wrong with their mindset. Ooh. Talk that talk, Diddy. <laughs> I'm hey. just saying, like, if God, if you back to prayer, if you've been mm. talking to the Lord and right. you say, God, look, I'm not a man, but I, I'm just gonna use my imagination. All right. Okay. What I know, the little bit I know of how a man wants to operate in the world, they want to have their stuff together. Mm-hmm. You can stop me whenever I'm wrong. Want to okay. have your stuff together. One of those things is. My business got to be right. Business meaning my money got to be right. Yeah. I don't feel like a fully grown man if I'm asking other people for money. Right yes. or wrong? Okay. Yes. 100%. So, so in your manly prayers, <laughs> you be talking to God like when it was rough. Okay, Lord, you, you see my heart. You see that I'm trying to do. Bless my hands to make whatever it is prosper. Help me to be in a position. I'm a grown man. I can't be asking my mama for gas money. Blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. When he does it, why are you still asking him? When he does it, why are you still like, but something mm. might happen? Okay, yeah. if something might happen, am I not still God? Right. Ooh. Have I not provided? Ooh. So if some you scared, you looking over your shoulder talking about, I th- I'm blessed and highly favored, but what if? That yeah. don't go together. So you yeah. either blessed or you ain't. That's real. That's real. Now, the chief, now I understand where you're coming from because I too was there. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a, it's a, I'll put it like this. It's a family tradition to be concerned about money. Yes. However, 
we supposed to be curse breakers. Yes. No. So when people see you walking around, not looking over your shoulder, family come in town. Oh, I got it. Yeah. That still turns heads in 2023 because Uh, of our mindset of being in bondage. Pharaoh gone. Yeah. The Red Sea closed back. It's dried up today. Yeah. So it's literally just like, okay, and and being free don't mean be careless, like you said. Right. But it doesn't mean like, okay, what if something happens? And I can't be, and honestly, that's something I have to remind myself. God set me free. Come on. Mm -hmm. He walked you free. Yeah. But if I didn't have that in front of me to be like, oh, I remember what so-and-so did. If I'm the the trailblazer, I got to be like, okay, now you, you, you already testified. Now you can't go back on and people talking about, I thought you said you've been set free. Yeah. Yeah. It it reminds me of, so, so in elephants, Mm -hmm. how they train elephants. I I resonate so much. And as you know, if you've been following us this long, you know, I got a random mind, but this, this is the story I always think about when I think about that. Like, um, you have countless worship songs that says, Hey, you've been set free, live free. Mm -hmm. Like don't return to that state of bondage in which you've been delivered from. And it reminds me of the way that they train elephants in the circus. I know you think like, come on, we like circuses. Think about it logically first. Like they have tents. There are no logic. They're they're traveling constantly. Don't make no sense. How do they um, have uh, control over these large or ferocious animals? Think about this. Strong. Strong. Strong elephants are so strong (laughs) and heavy that they any any way that you like bind them, they will be able to break from. Like that's how strong and mighty they are. Yeah. But then I found out how they do it. And so they get them as a baby. Yep. And they put the biggest um they they don't even chain them to a wall. They put like a big old weight ball. It looks like kind of like a shot put ball. It's huge. It weighs so I don't know how much it weighs, what a thousand pounds, something crazy. Um, and what they do is they put a chain to his ankle mm-hmm. and then to the ball. So as a baby, the the elephant is learning that it cannot move. It's a baby. It's mm-hmm. not as big as a full grown animal. It can't move it. I mean, the argument can be made that as a adult elephant, you probably could move that ball. That's how powerful you are. Yeah. And so. What they do is they do that for so many years when they're growing up. By the time that they're full grown, listen to this, DD. This is what blows my mind. They only have to put the chain on there. Mm-hmm. The chain's not even attached to anything. Listen to me. The chain for a full grown elephant, the chain on the other side is not even attached to that heavy ball anymore. But the elephant has learned. That since this thing is on my ankle, I can't move anywhere. So it does not even try. In real life, it can. The elephant can easily just keep start walking, just mm-hmm. start walking. But it cannot. It reminds me of this situation now because it's like, yeah, that bondage is gone. But in my mind, my mentality is like, nah, man, I'm still a baby out here and I still got a heavy weight on me. You got but, remnants. It's, it's yeah, it's remnants. It's and I don't know if we can classify that as trauma because I know we throw around that word a lot. Um, I know that it is it derives all the way back to generational curses. Yeah, because uh, we've learned this. Yeah, since but we we, we talk about it. Yeah, it, it's kind of like um, 
I guess the, what you can liken it to is the constant fight to survive versus thriving. Mm. Like, okay, it's like you can fight to survive, and then when you get to survival, you've never been trained to thrive. We've only been taught how to get through. But when we right. get through, then what, what do we do? <laughs> I'm and so used to struggling, I don't know how not to struggle. Ain't that crazy? Somebody has to teach us not to struggle. How? How? What does life That's look like? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's the generational. I'm talking. When I say generational, I'm talking about hundreds and thousands of years. Correct. Because I struggled, and all every song that was written was about a struggle. Every story I heard was about a struggle. Everything my everything we laugh about. Oh, it's because of struggle. We go to school and we have a struggle contest. Who had right. it worse? Right. But don't nobody talk about. Okay. Why you ain't struggling no more though? Right. Now what do you do? Now where yeah. do you put your money? Now that you don't have to check your balance every five minutes, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Wake up out of your sleep. Did it clear? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. That wasn't yeah. too long ago for me. Yeah. And what's crazy is, ironically, it's Black History Month. What's crazy is I I was watching um I was watching the remake of Roots, the miniseries from the seventies. They remade it like. Four years ago, I think, on the history channel. With the dude from like four years ago? They remade it, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. They remade it four years ago. Um, The history channel remade it, like a four-part series. You know, obviously upgraded technology and special effects and all that stuff. But it was it was it was well done with a lot of known actors. Yeah, the full the actual story, they just updated it. Yeah. It's not 70s TV, you know, effects. (laughs) It's like They showed his foot being chopped. But anyway, um, what was cra- what was amazing to me after, and I've seen it before, but I watched it again like last week. What was incredible to me is that the main character, Kunta Kinte, he was captured, beaten, ran away, captured, beaten, ran away, and captured again. His, uh, his mindset was, but I'm free. I know you got me, but I'm free. So mm. every time they caught him, he was always thinking, and every time he looked around, he's like, there's more of us than them. So why are we letting them tell us where to be, where to eat, how to sleep, where to work, all this stuff? He was like, in his mind, he was like, there's way more black people here than that one guy on the horse. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why we are letting him tell us what to do. Right. So the same thing with the elephant. Because they have been so in bondage in their minds, it was difficult to see, to even dream of freedom because mm-hmm. i i think that sometimes even when they tried to run it was like i'm just going i just got to get out of here i don't know where i'm going but i got to get out of here so it wasn't a what will freedom look like right take it back to juneteenth or not even juneteenth at the time when some of them were freed when they finally learned they were freed they was like well it's better if i stay here because if i go out there i'm gonna die and mm. that wasn't the mindset of everybody but it was right. like Okay, we've been complaining, we've been fighting, we've been struggling, we've been talking about freedom. Now that we got it, now what? Now that's right. a different kind of freedom because there was political limitations and all of that. Yeah. Not freedom wasn't the same freedom for everybody. But the point being is it's literally like if I do have the opportunity, if I do have the option, if I do have the green light, I don't have to look over my shoulder no more. Right. Pharaoh is gone. He's gone. So it's literally like being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. So you can be a good steward 
It's just a manager. Yeah. I'm not struggling no more. Yeah. Now that I have this, now I got to get myself the tools. How do I manage what I have? Do I invest a little bit at a time to make it grow? Or do I just let it sit in savings and I look at it and wave at it and make sure it's still there? Right. So now that you become a manager, you're like, okay, how do I make this thing grow? How do I get better? How do I do more than what my mom and dad knew to do? Right. How do I avoid debt? That's unnecessary. How do I take care of this? How do I, I don't have to prove my money by buying stuff. Right. That's the other thing. That's the other thing. Yeah. Cause that's the optics. That's just optics. That's simply optics. So let, let's, let's, let's slow down and squeeze this part out of here. Surviving versus thriving. Now, of course, like, um, like we said, even at the start of this journey, of course, we have our own testimonies, our own mm -hmm. upbringings and, and, and where we come from. But in general, as a, at least as a nation, I mean, I'm not going to speak for it all, all the way around the world, but as a nation, um, a lot of people, um, probably every, I never want to say hundred percent of people, but a lot of people felt the effect of the isolation slash hardship that COVID brought, mm -hmm. you know, two years ago, um, um, churches everywhere, um, mm -hmm. communities everywhere, families everywhere. And so, um, something that I knew even in the middle of COVID is that, that was an isolated experience that we have never experienced, at least in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. We have never experienced anything nearly like to the magnitude of what that did. The shutdowns, the financial implications, the relational implications, the, mm -hmm. the, uh, the like I said, isolation, like all of these things. And so um, as a church, it was, you know, it was hard to... Um, what do you do when the world is saying you need to isolate for your livelihood, mm -hmm. but the church is saying you need community and living in that community. And so it's like, it's literally polar opposites. And so the questions for a lot of churches around the nation was they had to figure out how do we keep this mm -hmm. um, without um, kind of, um, you know, being against the grain, if you will. Like, we don't want to get people sick. We don't want to mess up people's livelihood and all this other stuff, but we do want to keep some facet of what this is. And so um, the reason why I say that is because I knew at that moment anyway, that even if you do it the best way possible, best case scenario, you still will not be able to avoid 100% of the mental implications that that will have even when we come out of that. Mm -hmm. um, and so- um, I think about in the terms of surviving or thriving, mm -hmm. you had to survive for so long. Just just do what just do what you can every single time. And so now that uh, Lord willing and, and I believe so that we're on the other side of that, our mindset almost has to shift back or 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 delete, if you will, um, that survival mode. Um, now, of course, like, listen, when it comes to COVID and stuff like that, pandemics, um, you it's so much uncertainty out there. Right. Um, like you had scientists basically saying, hey, there's a new strand. We don't really know what's going on. Yeah. But uh, it's a new strand. Like like that was the whole like it was our press conference just saying that one sentence. It was moving so fast. It was just it was crazy. And yeah. this was before, and especially before they were talking about vaccines and stuff like that. Yeah. Literally, people did not know what to do. Right. Um, and there's so much uncertainty about, uh, you know, the, the the where it derived from, um, mm -hmm. what it is, what is it going to turn into, what's the long-term effects of this stuff. Um, and so, long story long, 
as a nation, despite what your background was, yep. you got into survival mode. How many people, this is my first question to you, how many people or, or do you believe that there is a sake of the population, a piece of the population that is still struggling to come out of the mentality of just surviving, even though things are better? Mm -hmm. I think it's it's a lot of people. I think more so it's because you can't plan for uncertainty. So mm -hmm. if you already... if, if it's that whole thing like, what if it happens again? We already had people that were like just generally fearful type personality, like plan for the worst type people. Mm -hmm. But it also depends on how the pandemic affected them and their family specifically too. Right. Did they lose family members? Did they have to go to the hospital because they couldn't stay home because it got so bad? Right. Um, all of those things can change somebody's outlook. Now, I think too, like you said, coming out of that mentality of we just got to get through this. I think saying we just got to get through this, number one, maybe if we change that to when we get through this. Hmm. Um, because if you say we just got to get through this, like I said, when you ask God for something and he he, he comes through, then what? Mm -hmm. So instead of when we get through this or we just got to get through this, when we get through it, this is this is our plan. Now, the problem right. I saw mostly was people just were cruising through it. And what I mean by that is while they were in isolation, they didn't take advantage of that isolated time. They didn't take advantage of, okay, so if I'm at home, right. there's not enough Netflix in the world that's, that's going to get me closer to God. That's going to make me be a, a better um, eater. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's going to make me worse. <laughs> there's... I mean, what am I going to do with this opportunity? Since I don't know when I'm going to have to run out and go back to work, what am I doing with my time? Am I improving myself? Am I reading my word? Am I, am I in, uh, engaging in addictions that I thought I was free from now that I'm by myself and no accountability? Ain't nobody going to check. Ain't nobody coming through. So am I getting back into drinking again? Hmm. Am I getting back into pornography again? We just hmm. going to keep it real. Be real. Yeah. So is the isolation an excuse for me to do what I want to do and thinking nobody's watching right. or is it, or is it an opportunity for me to come out of this? So when I come out, people be like, Hey, I don't even recognize you. What was you doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to me, that's the thriving part of it. Yeah. Am I just going to come out and be like, well, or using that as an excuse? Well, we was in lockdown. So, you know, that's I just, I you know, I just had to do what I had to do. Now, when you talk about churches, that was a prime opportunity. Okay. 2018, 2017, we've been thinking about going online streaming. We've been thinking mm -hmm. about doing this, going online giving. We've been thinking about setting up the programs for our children on zoom, blah, 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 blah. Perfect opportunity. Let's get it going. Right. Something that, and, and let me, let, let me know what you think about this. Cause I'm kind of at um, the forefront of kind of like, just, just, uh, I guess church ministry in a sense of seeing it um, and trying to see what people are doing at large, not just one church, but seeing yeah. what people are doing at large. And so at large um, it is, um, and I just heard this not too long ago. Um, so a lot of people did, well, some churches, not a lot. Some churches did adapt to that online presence, if you will, um, to reach and the love people. But what we see now more than ever um and I'm sure it's my generation that is doing this, but um, I know where you're going. What we see now is people are so far in love 
with Bedside Baptists. Mm -hmm. That through isolation, through survival, you know, through all of those things that we just mentioned, um, some people are finding it um, more comfortable to not return to the building. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's affecting their relationships. Um, but they are subscribing to Bedside Baptist. Some people are mm-hmm. so easy to. And once again, keep keep in mind, I want as a viewer, I want to preface this and tell you guys it's not I'm not talking down on a specific way or type or style of ministry or or live stream or not live stream. No, I'm not talking down on any of that. But what you have is people taking the mentality of, oh, I can watch church or I can listen to church um, in my car drive to such and such. Mm-hmm. I can listen to a sermon here now and then and now and then and now that is OK and that is adequate and that is OK. But you don't have the relationships. You're listening to a phone. You're not in the room with anybody. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like all of these yeah. things has has lingered over to where we are. Um, and so constantly in my mind, I think like, man. Is that. Us staying in survival mode or is that us? clinging to the comforts that we had when we were able to have an excuse mm-hmm. to do these things all the time. What do you think that is? I think two things happen with that. So to answer your question, you just asked, I think part of it is a comfort thing. It's a convenience thing, Yes. but I think I'm going to put the accountability on both sides. I'm going to put the accountability okay. on the viewers or the congregation or whatever you want to call it. And I'm going to put the accountability on the church also. And when I say church, I mean the church as a whole, not the church building. Right. A lot happened in 2020 besides COVID. Right. A A lot. lot. And I think everybody knows what I'm referring to. Social justice was slapped in our face because because we were shut down. We didn't have a choice but to see what happened in Minneapolis, Minnesota in May of 2020. However, that being said, the generation that is was already comfortable with streaming and watching watching church online, they were already going to watch church online, whether we had a pandemic or not. Hmm. My thing is because of how church has gotten um, away from why it was created in the first place, there's a certain generational mindset of I don't want to do with all that other stuff. I just want God. Yeah. Now that's different from the people that just, oh, I'm going to listen to TD Jakes on my way to brunch. That's different. But right. what I'm getting at is there, there is a, a section of people that's like, I don't want to do all the, you know, the mean usher. I got to go through her before I can find a seat. I got to do this. I don't have, I don't own a suit. So here you go looking at me crazy. If I can just get to the meat of the matter without dealing with that. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Similar type mindset to buying my groceries online. If mm. I don't got to deal with no crowd, I'm not. Facts. Also, if you hear my doorbell ring, that's my groceries. Just let you know. Same. It's the same mindset, but it was just exasperated by let's stay away from people for safety. Then all these things, now curbside and Grubhub and DoorDash existed before 2020. Mm. But now... Business went up because They're booming. Business that's is what booming. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So now every single restaurant has a curbside pickup mm-hmm. that didn't have it before. It's the same idea. If I can just get what I need without dealing with all of this nonsense, I'm going to do it. 
Now that's our generation's mindset and probably the generation younger than us too, even right. more so because they're a little more loud mm-hmm. with it than we are. So I think those two things happen at the same time makes it appear as though people don't want to come to church. Mm-hmm. However, I have seen some churches that I virtually joined, <laughs> even though I have a home church, just because I wanted to be, I wanted to connect with more people. So mm-hmm. there were some churches that I just logged on and watched because I didn't have nowhere else to go Right. Uh, while I was involved with mine, but they have made the connection. Okay. Let's bridge these people. That's not, let's not, um, uh, criticize them for being uncomfortable, but let's make some programming to where we bring slowly bring people back in mm-hmm. because now you might have members in a whole nother state. So we can't just yeah. disregard them. True. But we got to bridge them together. So we got to have some hybrid stuff. And then we got to have some stuff in our hometown to make people be like, okay, so they, they got away from all the, the stuff, but now they're getting some stuff in there that, that matters to me. So if I want to have conversations about dating, Let's get to the nitty gritty at my right. church. If I want to have conversations about how can I grow my side hustle into a full-time business, then let's talk about that at my church. Let's not just talk about the stuff we was talking about before. Cause it's a new time. Right. So you can't avoid talking about police brutality. You can't avoid talking about so-and-so lost their job and you still asking for more money and you got three services and you asking for money at all three services. Mm-hmm. So those things were happening before the pandemic that people yeah. were like, eh, let's just skip yeah. to the, to the message. So I think it's accountability on both sides, but I definitely agree that some people are comfortable. Um, but I think if we're going to reach the loss, we got to go where they at. Yeah. Facts. That's good. That's so good. And, and so, cause I, and I'm the reason why I bring that up is because it all speaks to the same whole surviving thriving mentality. And, yep. and um, it's so it, it's mixed with so many things, um, a clinging to comfort, yeah. um, a, um, justification of the things that were already hard to do. Um, I know people who, mm-hmm. um, I mean, let's, let's, let's just, let's call it what it is. Let's call a spade a spade. People are hard. Mm-hmm. People are difficult. Um, communication is difficult. People have their own emotions. People are different, like so many things. And, and I'm not saying that, um, that, um, that's a reason to not like people. I love people. And I know that that to be true. Yeah. But, uh, there are people who for years have been looking for a way to get what they can get yeah being around people yep not Spacks. being accountable to people exactly um not being accountable to people and um which which is hard because like i would say if that's you or you find a little bit about you uh, uh about that description in you mm-hmm. um i would say that it's a, it's a it's a very sad and 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 dangerous place to be, just because I know that I've had my hardest struggles in isolation. Mm-hmm. I've had my hardest times when I didn't want to open up to people, when I wanted to just do it myself, where I, where I was really scared about people thinking that I was in a vulnerable space. But guess what? I was in a vulnerable space. Yeah. <laughs> um. I really didn't want to show my cards, and it's a really hard life to live, and so. That kind of speaks to how much community matters um, in general. Um, and so um, when God made the church, and when I say the church, I mean the body of Christ, um, as to wherever you serve at, mm-hmm. um, the church is is the body of Christ. Yeah. Um, and so when God made the body of Christ, um, it was to have fellowship 
um, in the heart of the believers. And so uh, that's community. That's lifting people up, uh, encouraging each other. The Bible says encourage each other to good works. Um, it didn't say, hey, sit here in a room, think about the motivation, listen to a good thing and then do it by yourself. Like, like that's nowhere. Yeah, that's nowhere in the Bible of this uh, one man army type um, mentality. Um, but we do cling to it. And so um, what I want to go to is the fact that how that mindset, it literally lingers, lingers over into everything that you do in life. And mm-hmm. so I have a default. Um, and and this is how I just face adversity. This is something that I try to steer away from, but I know that this is my default. I know myself well enough to know that my default, my default is when things get hard to put your head down and just work. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, don't think about anything, but that like next step and all this other stuff. And a lot of people hear that and they're like, Oh yeah, that's some great advice. But here's the thing that that closes you off to. It closes you off to thriving. Because when you put your head down and just work, you're surviving. You're just trying to like, okay, uh, I work. Get to the next five, thing. Get to the next thing. Like yep. I'm not trying to see, um, you know, what what the other situations or um, any other variables that has to do with this situation. I'm just trying to get to the next thing. And so I had to. I have to willingly change my mindset from not how am I going to survive today or. Um, if I'm in a tough situation or a tough atmosphere, but how am I going to go in there and be an agent of change for the better? That's two different mindsets. That's the difference between just clocking in and clocking out and doing your time. And no, I want to have a positive impact, not only on the physical work of the job, but the people whom I encounter. I want to go into that place. And we, we're talking about this recently at church um, in a sermon series of I want to go in that place and be the light that God has called me to be in that place. Guess what you can't do when you're just trying to get to the next step? Mm-hmm. Be the light that God has caused you to be like, you're not talking. No, I'm talking about when I put my head down and I just try to get to the next step. I'm not talking. I'm talking to nobody. Only time I'm having a conversation with you is by necessity. Like if I need to talk to you to accomplish the job, I will. Do I want to talk to you? No, I'm in survival mode. I'm putting my mm-hmm. head down next step. We're not having conversations if it doesn't mean my job. Um, But that, that hurts me. That hurts me from being the lot whom God has called me to be. The Great Commission, go into the world and to all the nations to preach the word of Christ. Um, go in there. I, 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 I called you to be a light on the hill. Mm-hmm. Don't put a don't put a bushel. Don't put a. Uh, I like to use the word bushel because of that verse. But don't put a a cover um, over that light. Like shine it bright for all the the world to see. And so uh, when you're in survival mode. For me, at least, it is way hard to do that. And so I, I so I try to fight against that when the going gets tough. Don't just go into survival mode, Ren. Literally keep going. Keep trying to be that agent of change for the positive. Um, yeah. Do you see stuff like that happening in your life? Or what's your mindset when it comes to that uh, temptation to want to just go into survival mode? Well, for me, uh, survival mode is not always like negative to me. Mm-hmm. Um, in this context, when I'm having a difficult time, well, my personality is this, I'm already naturally reserved. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go like knock on my neighbor's door and bring no cookies. Like <laughs> I'm already yeah. like, kind of like that. So for me, 
when I'm dealing, when I'm having a difficult time, I, um, although I'm reserved, I'm very, uh, expressive at the same time. And so I cannot sit with my feelings too long. I have to either write them down. I got to call somebody. Um, or sometimes I literally just talk out loud to talk it through with God or just to get, get it out and be like, girl, that sounds crazy. Um, so in order for me, sometimes I'm just going to keep it real. Sometimes I got to survive the next hour because yeah. things can be so hard. And the next person that says a word to me, unto me, <laughs> thou shalt, <laughs> thou, thou may get dealt with and I'm sorry. So because I know that about me and I know that the Lord has blessed me with a smart mouth, mm -hmm. I have to go somewhere and calm down. I mm -hmm. have to go. And it's not so much that I'm irritated. It's more like a, someone may have offended me or disrespected me. And I have to remind myself of who I am and that I own my feelings, not them. So mm -hmm. in order for me to get to the next person that comes across me, I have to be like, girl, remember who you are. That mm -hmm. was one isolated event. Keep it moving. So then catch me after lunch and I'm good. So mm -hmm. I might have to survive minute to minute. Also, let me just be real on this. I'm also responsible for another human being in my household. Mm -hmm. So I have to do a little different management of myself because somebody's eyeballs is watching me all the time. Right. And my calling is to make sure that when he leaves my care, he knows how to do the same thing, but he won't have to survive as long as I did. He'll be thriving from the gate. From the giddy up. From the gate. So I ain't going to tell you, make sure you, you know, you know, you might have to eat some ramen noodles every now and then mm. by choice, not by necessity, though. Right. So he going to be surviving. He going to be thriving way younger than I was. And he won't have to learn it the way I learned it. But I will say, because the Lord has gifted me with a smart mouth. Yeah. I have to sometimes. Uh-huh. And ask for his help. Get me through this next hour. Give me some, I don't know, ice cream cone and I'm good. Um, it, it's so funny because when you said that, it reminded me of uh, two things. One, it reminded me of the Kings of Comedy uh, where they was like, um, see, a lot of y'all have a harder time because y'all live by the hope factor. Oh, I hope nothing happens today. Oh, I hope such and such is not in a bad attitude. He was, uh, he was like, I live by the wish factor. I wish somebody would. I, I wish somebody would sit in my seat. I, I hope you know, would. but I wish you would. <laughs> I wish they would. For your life's sake. <laughs> um, and then the second thing it reminded me of, and I'm trying to look for it to be exact with you. Uh, man, I knew it. I need to see the... Oh my goodness! What's the translation? Okay, let me explain what it is. Yeah, just give me the the premise, and I might be able to help you. So, uh, I, if you if you are able to help me on this, you're gonna be a wizard for sure. <laughs> but um, I am. Um, so I was watching, and like I said, we just talked about rep representation not too long ago, and I was watching Black Panther uh, two, Wakanda Forever, mm -hmm. and. There is a part in that first movie. First of all, the first movie, 
that stuck out to me more than anything. And it's a crazy, it's a crazy thing because out of all the things, if you, this is the one thing that stuck out to me, which I don't think the people seen as important. Um, the queen, um, Tatala's uh, mom, yep. she kept saying, um, show them who you are. Nah, she said, <laughs> show them. Yes. <laughs> and he was getting his butt toe up. Are. Show them who you are, and they make the angle and every. I, yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it, it burns in my mind, though. It burns. It it's burns so real in my mind because, like, a lot of things can call you um, survival, thriving, whatever. A lot of things. Um, a lot of things can um, call you into a different mindset or out of character. But no, yes, like, you, you know who you are. You know who God has called you to be. In that atmosphere, no matter what the atmosphere. Show him who you are. Um, yes. And so th there's a Wakanda saying, and I knew it. Oh, my goodness. I need to figure out what it is. And so basically, um, at the end of Wakanda Forever, that little mini scene where she meets, I'm spoiling it for y'all if you ain't seen it, um, when she meets uh, the younger T'Challa. Mm -hmm. um, I think she said Mbabwe or something like and, and And so, like, it means who are you? Like, like that's what it means in Wakanda. But they said it a lot mm -hmm. um, and, and throughout the two movies. And like that even sticks in my mind. As soon as I remember it, I'm going to say it all the time because it's like, no, no matter what the adversity, no matter what the survival, uh, no matter what the situation is, survival, thrive or whatever. No, let's lean back on the morals on who God has called you to be. Show them who you are. Yeah. Period. And that goes back to what you said about being the light. So for me, my light and in, in the in the work environment that I'm in is while everybody we get out of a meeting, something new drops, some new initiative. Okay. Everybody like, hey, they always. So my light is um, I might drop a joke or something like that. My light is let's keep it moving. My light is, oh, shout out to so and so on the team. They got this knocked out and blah, 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 blah. So I might not be, I might not be the, you know, I might not do it the way you might do it. My light might be while everybody complaining, I don't. Right. Because who I am is my Bible tells me not to murmur and complain because who gave me the job? Right. And if they not dropping new initiatives, that means business not going well. If business not going well, they might get rid of me. Right. So my light is just let me just go against the grain and be like, yeah, that's true. And they'd be like, you're not upset about that. Well, I teach my son. Don't waste emotions on things that can't do nothing for me that can't serve me. So my light might be just not doing what everybody else is doing right? while I'm trying not to use the, the blessed smart mouth that I've been given to go off on somebody. Right. And, and, and that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's it. That's the nutshell of it. I want to end with one thing because uh, we, we have some good dialogue with surviving, thriving stewardship, but I want to end with telling you guys before we leave what this is, gosh. Okay. This is what we're going to do. Through all the things that um, we've talked about today with being a good steward, with surviving and thriving, with where we are as a nation, for somebody who is stuck, and as you as you answer this, I'm going to just look for the answer real quick. But as you answer this, I want you to say, what advice would you have to give to somebody who was stuck in that survival mode, be it because of generational curses, curses be it because of uh, the things that I explained that I struggle with, be it because of COVID or some pandemic or worldly uh, uh, effect? 
what advice right now for the listener would you give them uh, in stepping out of that survival mode to thrive? What advice I would give them? Yes. I thought you was talking, you know, giving the audience some time to get it in there. Okay. I would just say this. First of all, you got to know who you are. So I can't, I can't uh, copy off of what somebody else might do to survive. That's right. one thing. I think we got to get out of wearing our family's baggage as a badge. Right. Like I'm repping my hood. Then nobody asks you to rep your hood. Your hood is strong by itself. Amen. So we, we got to let that mindset go of if I'm not, if I'm not looking dirty and looking grimy, then I'm not really down. Right. I, I wasn't called to be down. So I'm okay with that. Um, so if you want to be better, if you want to thrive, stop carrying around things that aren't yours to carry. So I don't, I don't owe it to, I don't owe it to my dad, my mom, my great grandma to do nothing, but be better than them. Right. I don't have to be like, well, our family, we don't do that kind of stuff. Our people, we don't do that. Listen, if I want to start an outdoor store and make millions, I'm going to do that. Mm. Black people don't do that. This one does. So I, my advice would be, if you are trying, if you want to thrive, I won't say trying, if that's what you want to do, do it. Don't feel like you owe it to the cause to struggle longer than you have to be. If you free, remember that Pharaoh, then they drowned. Mm -hmm. We sing songs about it all the time, but worship ain't a song. It's how you live. So if you're ready to, let's just get it. Um, and if you don't know what that means for you and you need to talk it out with somebody, send us an email. I promise I'll respond. And um, I have no problem praying with you. I have no problem answering questions. I have no problem telling you my full story. Yes. And um, and I would also say this. Change your prayer life from asking for things uh, that might make you appear to be free and ask God for freedom. And then, mm. and then how to do that for what he created you to be. Yes. Cause everybody's life is not a blueprint, but it is, it's a blueprint, but it's not a roadmap. So you don't have to take every turn they took, but you can still end up where you're supposed to end up. Yes. That's good. That's some good advice. So I'm gonna leave y'all with the word of the day. I figured it out. The phrase of the day, if you will. So, um, like I said, at that last credit scene, um, she said, Umbani. So Umbani means who are you? Um, that's something that I don't know. I, I see these things. And um, like I said, it is good to know in high pressure situations. Remember and lean on not those generational curses, not of what your coping mechanisms. And I understand all yeah. the places, not all of that stuff. But Umbani, remind yourself of whom God has called you to be. Like Didi said earlier, if you don't know that, uh, I will be happy to have some conversations. We will be happy to have some conversations with you and, and what the Bible says, um, whom you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, that's amazing. I love that. Thank you so much for the dialogue, Didi. Um, yeah. This has been another installment of Set Apart. And another one. And another one with Ren and Didi. We love y'all. Be Go out there. Be that light and do what it do. Live by the whisk factor. That's the last thing. <laughs> Drop the mic. Drop the mic. What? We'll see y'all in the next one. <laughs>
Hey, hey, this is your girl Didi from Set Apart with Ren and Didi. Thank you so much for tuning in to this latest installment. Don't forget to subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts.